0: Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors, beneath crystal chandeliers, and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue. With all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way, the gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Hello everybody and welcome back Tonight I'm going to bring you part two Of people who see dogmen, werewolves, shucks and wolvers And I made this um, podcast to give you another section Or an excerpt from the book that I'm writing at the moment It's just gone over to the publishers now So it will only be probably five or six days before it goes on sale And it's the second book in the Fortunate Unfortunate series And I use that title Because many witnesses feel that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yet people who want to see creatures feel that they were in the right place at the right time. So we kind of are fortunate, unfortunate witnesses. And as I said in part one of this podcast, one point that baffles me is why the creatures that people see and experience, why don't they just remain hidden? So we hear of accounts where they're crouching at the side of the road and they get picked up in the headlights of the car. Or we hear them growling or snarling, and that gives away their position. And that doesn't make sense to me. Are these people meant to have these encounters? Are they non-accidental? I was speaking to a gentleman named Matt, who had a very unnerving interaction, at Apple Durkham house, um, and he was standing in complete darkness because he was taking photographic images of the Milky Way. And as you know, you want very limited, very minimal light sources. You don't want any light pollution at all. While he was standing there, he was surrounded by woodland and shrubbery and it was dark. And he suddenly became aware that he was not alone. And at first he put that presence down to just spirit and just carried on regardless. But it turned out that something was approaching his position and he started to hear a series of low snarls and growls that were coming from what he presumed at that point were out in front of him. So he gets his torch and he starts to scan the bushes and the snarls suddenly starts to come from behind him. Now he heard the snarl a lee from behind him. So was this a trap of some kind? Did he hear these sounds out in his front position? so that he'd turn in the opposite direction and run into the stalker? Or was he flanked by two individuals? And why did the snarler itself reveal its position by making a noise? Most animals would have remained silent and slinked away from the smell of most humans. I mean, I could write a whole book on incidents where people have been shadowed from within the wood line. The animal, and we'll use that word for now, follows them along. It will walk as they walk, and it will stop when they stop. In each and every case, there's a snarl or a growl, giving away the position of the stalker. Now, usually, you'll find they are positioned above the human, so they'll use an embankment or an incline of some kind. The stalker keeps pace easily within the brush and bramble so it's having no trouble walking through there and in some cases it can make it out of the woods first before the actual human and that leaves you with a choice of do you keep heading in the same direction and hope you don't intercept your stalker or do you turn back and hope that there's just one of them what would you do in a situation like that I have reports like these from every county in the UK and countries worldwide. What is doing the stalking? My honest opinion, it's the canine ones, the dogmine ones, but I'm still searching for answers. Now this next report didn't come in to me. I found it on a forum a number of years ago. And I would love to find and speak to the author himself. And no doubt he's one of those men who has probably had many strange experiences throughout his lifetime. Now, the incident must have shaken him up enough to search for answers and reach out online. I think this account happened around about 2012, 2013, something like that. And if you hear this, Graham, I would be overjoyed if you would contact me. And just have a chat about your experience. I think I can put you in touch with so many others who have experienced the same thing. And some of them see a reoccurring canine creature. And this is the Helmsley Wolfman. Graham says, my experience goes back a few years ago in North Yorkshire. When I saw what can only be described as a werewolf. I'm a logical person. To me, they are something not real, he says. Something from horror films and science fiction. They don't actually exist. But after hearing what I heard and then seeing what I saw, I now believe differently. I googled for answers ever since to see if anyone else had seen anything in that area. But I never found anything. It's the first time I've posted publicly as obviously posting I've seen a werewolf would leave my post open to ridicule. But what happened scared me. Put it this way, I won't camp on the moors again. I was camping in a vehicle and I went for a walk outside my motorhome when I heard something I can only describe as a blood-curdling howl, exactly as you would imagine from a mover. I heard the howls to the side of me, so I decided to walk back to my van. As I'm walking back to the camper, I start to get quicker and I saw the shape of something shaggy, but it was moving on two legs. It was behind my home, standing upright. It was about six feet tall. It was shaggy. It had glowing red eyes and it was standing upright on two legs. It was not a dog. It was far too big. I've had dogs my entire life and I've also never heard a howl as deep as loud as these were. Plus I've never seen a dog that stands on two legs like this. There was no one around for miles and I was in a pretty remote place. I saw no wild animals, no farm animals at all. It was exactly as you would imagine from one of the horror movies but I didn't see it close up luckily. Instead I legged it as fast as I could. I saw the shape of it from the distance I heard it following me, and then it ran to the side of me, so it moved pretty quick. It was wandering outside the van for a good 20 minutes. It sounded like it was underneath there at one point. To be honest, I sat there, as quiet as I could be, and I was too scared to look out of the window. Nobody was playing a prank on me, I'm sure of that. And in the morning, I saw nothing unusual, no evidence of any kind. I went to the spot where it would have been standing and that's where I got the estimate that it was probably about six feet tall. I'd lit a fire earlier outside and I'm presuming seeing a fire in the middle of nowhere may have attracted it perhaps. It was foggy, it wasn't camping season and there was only me out there in my camper van. I saw no footprints around the van in the morning. There was just nothing. Nothing. I wonder if it was the fire that attracted it in. It would have been visible from a long way off. Now the smell of fire drifts a long way on the wind, especially for anything canine. Their sense of smell far outweighs our own. Or did it spot him as he walked through the woods alone? I noticed, he said, the area was quiet. There were no noises or animal noises around. We often hear this when a large predator is in an area. A six-foot tall wolf could certainly be classed as a large predator. It was out of season at a dark time of the year. Is that when they move around? Hugging the hedgerows and walls as they slink along? And if so, how many are out there in the wilds? Yorkshire has a long history of wolf and phantom wolf reports. Imagine being curled up in your favourite spot. You've got your drink and your snacks to hand. You're reading a good book or you're watching a show or a film. Or you're sucked up in bed. When you suddenly start to feel watched, you sense something is out there. You're trying to talk yourself into ignoring it and you put it to the back of your mind. You know that little niggle that tells you you just have to have a quick look to put your mind to rest? You're just being paranoid and silly, Right? That niggle that in the end, as you walk and walk into the window, you pull back the curtains, ready to laugh it off and get back in bed. One, two, three, pull. And instead of the empty back garden or an empty wood line, you see something out there watching you. Or even more horrifying, the creature is inside the house. The Hexam Heads, 1972. In the village of Hexham, not too far from the area of the famous Allendale Wolf, where it was said to roam, two boys from the same family discovered two small carved stone heads. The boys were the sons of the Robinson family, and it was their duty to tend the garden. And as they were digging, they came across the very strange carved heads. Not too long after the heads were found, they were forgotten and put away. A couple of nights later, strange activity happened in the neighbour's home. Ellen Dodd and her daughter were up late talking one evening when they noticed a half-man, half-beast, walk into the bedroom where they were sitting. They both screamed with fright, but the creature just ignored them. It was completely indifferent to them. It was as if they were not there at all. It then turned and left the room, Padding down the stairs as if on its hind legs, not on all fours as the dog would walk. The front door was found open to the elements, and both ladies felt the creature was searching for something within the house, something it had left or something it couldn't find. Now, the collection of the stone heads and the visit from the man bees were quickly linked. The small heads, each the size of an orange, were collected by Dr Anna Ross, who thought they were Celtic in origin. Dr. Anne had a collection of stone heads and she wanted to compare the hexam heads with her own collection. So on the night she received them, Dr. Anne was woken at about 2am. She said she felt cold and very scared and she was confronted with a strange creature that was standing in her doorway and it was about six feet high. It was slightly stooping. It was black And it stood out quite well against the white door. It was a half animal and half man. The upper part of the beast, I would have said, was a wolf, she said. And the lower part was that of a human male. It was covered with a kind of black, very dark fur. It went out and I just saw it clearly and then it disappeared, said Dr. Anne. And something made me run after it, a thing I wouldn't normally have done but I felt compelled to run after it. I got out of bed and I ran and I could hear it going down the stairs Then it disappeared towards the back of the house. Now, living and working in Southampton, Dr Ross knew nothing of the Wolf of Allendale legend or the legend association with the two heads she had in her possession. So Dr Ross dismissed the incident as a nightmare. She went back to sleep and thought no more of it. Now, the next day, on returning home with her archaeologist husband, Richard Feesham, she found their teenage daughter, Bernice, in an agitated and distressed state. Bernice explained that she had used her key to unlock the front door, and when she entered the house that afternoon, she came face to face with a large black shape that was rushing down the stairs towards her. Halfway down the stairs, the creature vaulted the banister, Landing with a soft heavy thud like a large animal with padded feet believing the presence of the stone heads to be responsible for these events, Dr. Ross gifted her whole collection of stone heads along with the Hexham pair to other collectors. Now the Hexham heads found their way to the British Museum for public display, though they were soon removed from the display due to reports of unsettling events that were associated with the heads, and this kept happening around the museum. For now, the current whereabouts of the Exum heads remains unknown. I would love to speak to Dr. Anne, um, or Bernice, um, and if you hear this, please get in touch, because I'd love to hear it from you, what it was like as a child experiencing that, and how, what kind of effect it's had on you over these years. Now, our next report comes from a gentleman who struggled with an incident since he was in his early 20s and he's never been able to explain what he saw that night and the experience has had a profound effect on him, even to this day. The Nottingham Werewolf, Bilbra, 1994 I wanted to contact you, Deborah, as I've carried this with me for decades and whenever I've tried to share it, I've not been believed. It happened close to the Harvey Haddam Stadium in Bilborough in Nottingham. And it's all been built upon now. But at the time, it was all open fields and it was quite a nice place to be. Well, it happened about 24 years ago now. I live in Nottingham and I'm a very open-minded person. Back then, I was going out with a girl and I always walked her home at night along the same way every time. We'd go through a path and then we'd always walk down along long through. Same walk every time and we never had any problems until one night. I'd walked her home and I was returning to my home when it happened. I'm not the sort of person who scares easily, but this changed my perspective of things after it happened. And I've never been able to forget it. I took her home this one night and as usual, we went the same route. I was going through the court through, just minding my own business. And I heard a blood-curdling growl. I just froze. I was so scared and then I turned around and I could not believe what I was seeing. This thing was about seven feet tall with a heavy build and black fur all over it. Now I'm six foot eight and I am scared of no man but this thing scared the living hell out of me. I started to back up a bit, bit by bit and it just stood there and looked at me and then it started to come towards me and I ran like mad. I don't think I have ever ran that fast in my life before. I knew it was behind me all the way. I could hear it breathing and running. How I managed to get home, I will never know. But somehow I did. I came flying through the front door and I was as white as a ghost. And my dad asked me, what happened to you? And when I told him, he said, oh, it's the dart playing tricks on your eyes. After about a week or so of him keep saying this, I thought he was right and I just left it at that. I was so wrong. A year or so later, I was walking over the place with my girlfriend's brother. It was a foggy night and we were all walking along and just out of the blue he said, What's that? I couldn't see anything and I said, What are you on about? And then he pointed at this crouch thing and I literally could not believe my eyes. It was moving through the fog swiftly, and then it stopped. And that's when I heard that growl again, and we both set off running. We ran like mad. I couldn't believe it the first time I saw it, and i convinced myself it was the darkness playing tricks on me, but not the second time. I can't explain it away twice, and there's no way I can believe what I saw. Ever since that night, I have never walked that way, and we have never talked about it, not even when I see him and I still think about those nights to this day, Deborah. It still scares me now. I'm not nuts, and I know that no-one will believe me, but I saw a werewolf, and I will go under a lie detector or any test you want to do to prove that I'm not lying. The creature that I saw was crouched on all fours, and it was very big, even at that. Even crouched down, it was at least five feet high, and if it stood up to its full height, I think it would have been about seven feet. It was very broad across the chest. The width was bigger than mine, and I have a 15-inch chest. It was massive, all black in colour, with longish arms, and it was very dark and hair-covered. But I'm sure it had a dog's head. I do remember its eyes. I will never forget them. They were yellowish. And to be honest, I was so terrified, I don't think I will ever forget it. I do think it's much harder for people of a younger age to report an event. Not only are they not believed, like the gentleman we've just heard, due to the events that have taken place, that's strange enough, but generally we presume they're lying or out for attention. Well, I know I was doing neither. I know many reports and events that have been tossed aside due to the age of the witness themselves or the events that have happened during the case. Now, the reports are usually dramatic, that's due to fear and excitement. But underneath all of that noise, there could be something of importance that we'll miss if we throw that report away. In this next report, I feel that it's the behaviour of the animal they saw that made me keep a note of the report in my files. Again, we see the description. It was humanoid in shape, but it dropped to our fours. It was shadow-like, and it had red eyes. This is the Black Mountain Werewolf. I saw something when I was younger, and here's my story. I was 19, and my girlfriend and three of my pals went camping in the Black Mountains in Wales. We went to the local pub, made a few, and we drove back to our campsite in the middle of nowhere. We were just in a glade surrounded in the woods. Myself and my girlfriend had one tent, and my pal leftovers. The- or. Ch- 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or. House Cleaning. Or. Chumba. Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Boy, boy, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and like conditions apply. See website for details. Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. lot. plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And on settling down for the night, I found that I had no smoke. So I made up a tale that someone was outside our tents. And one of my pals got out of his tent and had a look around. And while he was up, I asked him if he'd pass me my packet of cigarettes. He was not impressed, to be honest. And he realised my ruse and he just entered the tent and gave me a bit of a crack. After about an hour or so, my girlfriend woke me up saying, someone's outside. So thinking it was my pals getting me back, I shouted out, I know it's one of you, but each one answered from the tent, nope, not us. So I grabbed my torch and I left the tent. It was pitch black and I could hear something make a run for it as I left the tent and scanned the tree line with my torch. And as the beam went to the left to right, it passed a shadow human shape but its eyes reflected like a cat's but they were red. I shone my torch at it and I saw a humanoid figure run through the woods but it dropped down on all fours. I screamed... I told my mates and my girlfriend, but they thought I was checking the micka. I still have this image in my mind that it was a werewolf. He then went on to say, When my torch first hit the creature, it was on two legs. But then, when my torch went back to it, it was down on our fours and it was running away through the trees. The Werewolf of Camberwell, 1996. Now, this report did not come into me, came into Linda Godfrey, and it's from a gentleman called Gary, who was 26 at the time of his event. And he was on his way to meet a friend who lived on Underhill Road in South East London. In order to walk there, Gary had to make a long trek heading southwest past Camberwell New Cemetery, and then down the entire length of Benchley Gardens and around the Camberwell Old Cemetery. Gary decided to cut through the cemetery to save 20 minutes of walking time. And even though it was already dark, and the idea of walking through the cemetery at night was freakishly scary to him, he said he normally rode his bike to his friend's house, but their plans for that evening meant he was on foot. He didn't have a torch, and the cemetery, like most, had no lighting, so he could only see a few feet ahead of him, and he made his way across the grounds. He was well into the middle of the graveyard, when the movement of something very large and dark caught his eye. He said, I swear, I saw what I thought was a dog, but it was a big dog and it was moving very quickly. Gary stopped and he squinted into the darkness, but he decided his mind was just playing tricks on him and he set off again. He didn't get very far, and then it was in a flash my life changed, he said. It was so quick that I'd never had a chance to explain it. I thought that somebody had literally run into me or knocked me over. Something had grabbed me by the arm in a tight grip, it smashed me to the ground. It was big, it was powerful, and it had extremely bad breath, and it was smelt cold and awful. Now, the thing was bearing down on me, looking directly into my face. Gary said, in fact, it dribbled onto me, but it was the creature's next action that truly frightened him. He began to eagerly sniff his body up and down exactly as a dog would do. I was convinced I was going to die, said Gary. I'm afraid to say that as brave as I think I might be, I was not. At this point, and shamefully so, I soiled myself. As I lay there being smelled, I was waiting for the bite, but that never came. Just just as quick as it started, it was all over, and the beast was gone. And it sprinted off in a flash. It sprinted away on its hind legs. Now, Gary added that he had a theory about the dog's extremely close examination of his body, yet it never attacked him. He suffers from an illness that happens to be one of those diseases that dogs can pick up on. He said, I truly believe it was that this creature could smell the illness on me, he said. I think if I did not suffer from the illness, I would be dead now. I know some animals can smell sickness, and I'm sure they wouldn't want to eat anything infected if they could help it. Maybe it had no intention of eating me at all, he said. Maybe I was in its territory and it was just scaring me away. Since Gary and the creature were very close and face to face, he had quite a good look at it, despite the low level of light. He said its fur was a dark colour. The head reminded him of a German shepherd. He said, but his body was more the size and muscle culture of a Great Dane. He could see its eyes very well and there was no eye shine or glow to them. And so far, as we can see, there's no area that these creatures are not seen. Whether you're out in the wilds or close to busy streets and houses, you still get experiences and events like this. You can't make a report to the police. You'd be laughed out of the station, I would imagine. The newspapers in the UK would pull any witness to an event like this apart. So how do you broach the subject? Back when this report was made, there were very few investigators that would have taken these cases on. We're fortunate that Gary found Linda and her blog, enable him to share his experience and look for other people here in the UK that seen something like that too. I can understand why Gary contacted Miss Godfrey. She's one of the leading experts in the subject of canine creatures. She's used to interviewing and investigating these types of cases. At the time this report was made, I think I cannot think of anywhere in the u k you could have reported this event to and been taken seriously. Thankfully, things are changing due to the huge number of witnesses that are now coming forward Now, there are a number of sites in the u k that have been set up for this very reason b b r just being one of them. People report to reporting websites, the newspapers have now kind of had a turnaround in the last couple of Newspaper reports that were done on me were quite favourable. And in some cases, they actually make the report to the police. Now, Neil Cotter made a Freedom of Information request a number of years ago now, asking how many werewolves have been reported to the police in Staffordshire. From 2008 to 2017, 12 reports were made to the police from members of the public. Even more disturbingly, 409 wolves were spotted and reported to the police, and that was just in Staffordshire. 12 werewolves and 409 wolves. And if we times that by every county in the UK, I'm not very good at maths, but that's quite a lot. You know, there's quite a lot going on out there. Another report that was made to the police is in the Polkenna area of Scotland, and that happened in 2009. And the newspaper stated that there was a massive police hunt because the police were hunting what was feared to be a huge wolf on the loose after a member of the public said that he'd been chased through a field by a herd of furious cattle. Mr Keith Dowell said he witnessed a bizarre scene while he was walking along the edge of Polk Country Park near Whitburn in West Lothian. And they sent a a team of police officers to investigate this event Mr Macdonald 38 who is a manager at the government's housing department reported the sighting to police because so many people walked through the area he said I was just having a walk along the park when I saw a bit of a commotion with the younger calves in the field just across from me I saw something circling the cattle but at first I thought it was only the farmer's dog or perhaps a fox but then the larger cattle began charging right down the field after this animal. I think it had been after the calves. It came right through the fence onto the busy road and the cattle were stamping their feet and roaring around the gate. A small blue car came down the road and it slowed down and if it hadn't slowed down it would have hit this wolf. The storm witness said, I was about 30 yards away from it and I realised it was not a fox. It was far too big to be a domestic dog. And it was only when I saw the size of it that I knew that it was a wolf. It was silver, with a sort of black, dark streak running along the back, and it had quite a bushy tail. It was either a wolf, or the biggest, strangest looking Alsatian I have ever seen. I really thought, I hope it doesn't turn on me. And then it turned and dashed off into the park. Keith was concerned after the creature escaped into the country part where many families and children spend their leisure time. He said, when I got home, the only thing on my mind was that it was definitely a wolf. It was a bit unnerving, which is why I call the police. Now, many people are now making reports of their own encounters with creature, cre- creatures to the newspapers. Over the years, as I say, a number of reports have been made. In the beginning, they were quite sceptical, but that seems to be changing a very brave couple in the Cotswolds saw a werewolf whilst they were driving through another parkland area. And this happened in 2016. And the newspaper stated, a terrified couple have drawn a sketch of a fearsome beast they claim to have seen while in a National Trust property at 1am in the Cotswolds. And this creature has been dubbed the Worcester Werewolf uh, because of the drawing that they did. Although they thought it was a big cat, it has features of a werewolf. Robert Ingram and his wife Nicola sketch what they saw and the big cat appears to have features which resemble more of a dog. From the drawing, it appears to be standing upright like a human creature on two legs. It isn't crouching like a cat. The beast also has protruding pointed ears, pointed teeth and canines and sharp cheekbones. The pair encountered what they are convinced was a black panther while driving through Croom Court. The couple said the creature weighed about nine stone and was as tall as their car window. They were convinced the big cat was gonna pounce on their car before they sped off. Robert produced a sketch so animal experts could find out what the creature was. It was petrifying, he said. It looked like it was on steroids. We were driving along outside the National Trust property, and there was lots of open fields around there, when suddenly I spotted something in the road ahead. It was getting dark. But I saw its eyes reflecting my headlights We stopped the car We were just standing there We heard rumours about an escaped panther in the area But we thought it was a load of nonsense But when I saw this animal With my own eyes I was stunned It was enormous It was far too big to be a fox or a dog It must have weighed about nine stone It was about the same weight as a slim adult It looked right at us And walked up to the car It then lowered the front of its body and it looked like it was going to pounce. And we just slammed the car into reverse and went as fast as we could. I was so scared, I fumbled to get my phone out to take a picture. But as we'd always driven quite far away, I didn't really get one. There was no way we were going to go near it to take a better picture. It was absolutely terrifying. Now, the couple think the creature had escaped from a zoo and quite possibly it could have. There have been dozens of claims of escaped big cats in Worcestershire in recent years. But the drawing that they did, and if you look it up, the Worcester Werewolf, look it up on Google, and you'll see a hand pencil drawing, and it looks just like a werewolf. Now, the whole werewolf is also 2016, and the lady who cited what they are calling the Beast of and Drain, what happened in, no, uh, in December of 2016, told the Daily Express, it was stood out bright one moment, and the next it was down on all fours running like a dog. I was terrified. It vaulted 30 feet over the other side and it vanished up the embankment and over a wall into some allotments. She said that it both ran on two legs and then on all fours, as if with the qualities of both human and wolf. Another couple said they saw something tall and hairy eating a dog next to the Barnston drain which runs through the countryside they added that it jumped over a eight foot high fence with the animal in its mouth another woman who was walking a dog spotted something half dog and half human like she told the daily express her dog refused to go any further along the path they were walking down now, also in 2016, 30th of August 2016, a woman described a moment she came face to face with the notorious old stinker of Yorkshire. This is not that far away from the Beast of Bars and reports. Gemma Waller, an animal rescue worker, was driving through the east riding village of Halsham when she believed she saw the legendary creature. The 24-year-old said the beast looked like a big dog, but with a human face. In May this year, the Mail reported how witnesses had claimed to see an eight-foot half-man-half-dog creature stalking the road just off Beverly Road in Hull. Folklorists then made the connection between all Stinker and kind of lumped everything together. And even the Werewolf of the Wold, um, that's gone in there as well. But Miss Waller was with two of her friends at the time of the sighting and she said, we were driving down the country lane on our way to get some pizza and my friend in the back seat said she'd seen a weird-looking fox. I looked in my driver's side and I saw this beast was down on all fours. And it started to walk straight towards my car, up on two legs. It looked like a big dog. It was bigger than my car, but it had a human face. It also had this cream and grey fur. My automatic reaction was to just keep driving, but thankfully it didn't keep coming towards me. It just turned around and ran off diagonally. Everyone in the car was really shaken. We'd never seen anything like it before. Now the party stopped their car at the nearby petrol station to calm themselves down, really. And the concerned staff asked them what was wrong, and the friends described what they'd seen. The staff then told them about the beast of Martin Drain. And Miss Waller said, we'd never heard anything about it before. But when we started reading up about it later, it was exactly like what we saw. It just made us more scared, to be honest, and I didn't get any sleep that night. It was just like a horror movie. And of course, sightings of Old Sting Curry believed to date back to the 18th century, when wolves still stalked the countryside here in the UK. In one report from the 1960s, a lorry driver said he um, saw a creature that tried to smash its way through his windscreen as he drove along in a remote wolves road. Now, the Basildon beast is much further south, and that happened in October of 1995. And the witness there says, I would, thought I'd tell you about my black shuck sighting, as it was pretty recent, about ten years ago. And there were lots of witnesses. The area mentioned is St. Nicholas Church in Basildon, Essex. Now, a shuck, for anyone who doesn't know, is an old English word meaning a dog or a devil dog, or a hellhound, or a phantom dog, anything that comes along the black dog line is normally given the uh, moniker of shock. So he says, I was 14 or 15. I spent a lot of time outdoors messing around with a large group of friends. We'd meet up after school and hang around the street corners causing mayhem, as teenagers did. It was October 95 when this happened and we'd recently begun hanging around at an old church on a big hill ...near to my house. This particular evening... ...a group of seven of us... ...had broken off from the group... ...and walked down the sloping road... ...from the church. We were a ten minute walk away from the others... ...well out of earshot. About two minutes later... ...I look up the rise ...and I saw this biggest... ...black wolf dog thing... ...I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure I swore... ...and everyone turned around to look. I know a lot about dogs... I'm a mad, and I used to be a veterinary nurse. And this was taller than an Irish Wolfhound, but bulkier like an Alsatian, with glowing eyes. It started to growl at us, and it just stood and stared. I could still hear the sound it made in its throat, even to this day. I told everyone to get up, really slowly, and walk away. Do not run, because it'll chase us. I said. We all took about five steps. Someone shouted, run. It just descended into mass hysteria at that point. We bolted back up the hill. Of course, no one else in the group believed us when we tried to explain it later. Now, my best friend, after all these years, has still not forgiven me for leaving her behind. And she hated dogs anyway, so this traumatised her. About four years ago, I'd almost forgotten about the dog sighting. I took my terrier for a walk up there. I don't often go there, as I now live about three miles away from the place. And I kind of stumbled into this field, not thinking, and I pause on the rise, and I suddenly remember where I was. And it all starts flooding back, and the dog starts to growl. And we shot out of there pretty quick, I can tell you. Now, the dogman of Mount Snowden is also a report that came in in 2016. And this came in from a chap called TAM. And it came in on the 1st of June 2016. And he said, I've been selected to appear on a well-known television game show here in the UK. One of the researchers had rung me for a general chat and was asking questions for some background bio information on me and my hobbies. And I mentioned my interest in Bigfoot Encrypted. You could hear in her voice that at first this lady thought it was all a bit of a joke. And she asked me to explain in more detail what I meant. I was telling her about all the different sightings of creatures and the descriptions that come in. And I mentioned some of the accounts that had come in on kind of the Dogmen accounts. And it was at this point the lion went silent. I thought we'd been cut off. Or honestly, that scared her off completely. But she was still there when I asked. And she finally spoke. Her voice had changed. And she, you could hear that she was a little shook up. She said that she'd been trekking in an area um, around the Mount Snowden and she'd seen a large figure. So I asked her to describe and she said, it was over six feet tall. It was standing up on two legs. It was a man, but it looked like a dog. He leapt over a fence from a standing star and just disappeared. She hadn't told anybody in ten years in case they laughed at her. I myself saw a number of strange creatures. This time they were on all fours and they were walking down the side of an embankment. Now, Mount Snowden's an idle area, surrounded by rolling fields and woods. It's a vast area of natural beauty. There's also an account very close to it um, from Plesdally Moch, um, in 1966, but that was described as a gorilla. And there's another account from quite recently from 2018 where a lady who was staying overnight in a car saw so what she could only, she only saw it as a silhouette type shape in the thunderstorm and she said it was peering into another person's car um, and that was in the Snowden area. But now we go to Webchester and this experience was reported by two gentlemen who were named Liam and Carl, and they were reporting a strange encounter during a late night it happened in Epchester in County Durham and it happened in October two thousand and nine. Here's the account in one of the witnesses, Liam's own words. A friend and I were leaving the pub, but we weren't quite ready to call it a night. He'd had a drink and I was the designated driver. So we jumped in my car and we went for a little adventure down a road. We've always wondered about, we'd never really been there before. It's about one AM, I'd be full beams on all the way, and we're on country roads. And then we came to these two old, house isolated, abandoned houses. And my mate, Carl, shouts for me to stop. And all he does is just gaze at this doorway. I look to where he's looking, and round seven feet off the ground with his two eyes. They were unmistakable by the way they were set. The fear hit us both like a ton of bricks travelling a thousand miles an hour. I turned the cast lightly so the beams would light up the door. And when they did... This figure just shot off like nothing I've ever seen. Its reaction was so fast, Carl decided to get out of the car and approach the doorway. So I pull the car forward to face the door, so if anything happened, I could put the car in between Carl and whatever this thing was. Carl starts to walk through the door, and I try to whisper to him, Come back! And He's in there for about 10 seconds, and then he explodes through that doorway. He dives on the bonnet, blasts into the car and he's screaming and stuttering and swearing there's a fucking sheep in there Liam. Then I noticed there was something on the field running at the house. Carl shouting, go! Wasting no time, I started reversing like there was nothing stopping me. I turned the car around and this thing was after us. I own a Salika GT and I didn't care if I damaged it. I was mounting three foot up the banks and Virgie's just trying to get the car around and get away from it. Since then, I've researched every day looking to find an answer. About five months later, I took my partner down there in the broad daylight and she just knew it wasn't a safe thing. She absolutely flipped when we got near to the area. She made me turn the car around before we even got to those houses. I haven't been back since. Thanks, Liam. Another creature where you'll hear this typical down on all fours is the skulking creature of Tatton that happened in 2015. I'd like to report an incident that up until now I've only told my family, but here goes. I was on my way to Northwich in Cheshire in 2015. I was in my lounge rover and we broke down. We're in the countryside next to a large stately home I used to work for called Tatton Estates. It's just me and my dog in the car and we had to wait on this country road between two woods for the rescue truck. The salt went down and I turned my lights on so any traffic could see as there's no street lights and I didn't want to be out there in the dark and get hit from in front or behind. It began to rain as he's sitting there and my dog kept looking off into the woods to our left. I knew something had caught his attention. He was whining but we'd been in the car for two hours so I just put it down to that. But just then... I saw this thing. I have no clue what it was. It crossed the road, right in front of the edge of the truck lights. I could only just see it crawl, and it crawled like it was on its belly. It crawled low down across the floor and over into the woods on the other side. It was fur-covered. It was light brown, or brown. It was so dark I could only just see it. Assume it was lighter. My mind said, what the hell am I looking at? For another hour, I racked my brains trying to place this creature. It crawled like a soldier on its belly. I can't remember seeing a tail. It was so big, at least as big as a man. And the park's full of deer and pheasants, and I'm not sure to this day what I saw. Wherever this thing was, it moved like a skulking cat. But the size was too large to be a cat. And its belly must have been touching the ground. It was that low to the road. My lights at this point were getting dim. The battery was draining, so it was not that clear. It was moving very fast, not slow like a person. It had arms and legs, so that's why I said it crawled like a man. But after thinking it over, I did go down the big cat route, because what else could it have been? I myself doubt it was a man, even with the clearly visible arms and legs. It had to be some other creature not known to me. And to this day, I'm still unsure as what I saw. Now, Tatton Park's a Tudor estate set in the English um, countryside. It's not that far from Cheshire. An old Tudor mansion. And there are dog reports all across that region of the UK. Many of them you've read about earlier in the book if you purchased it or you've heard me speak about some of them on podcasts. And remember speaking to this witness back when he was struggling to put a name to what he'd seen, which is understandable. Your average Brit wouldn't know of a dogman creature seen in Cheshire back then, at that date. It's not something reported often in the papers, as we said, or discussed in the pub. Many witnesses who were brave enough to come forward face years of ridicule and accusations of dishonesty. It is the brave few who stand tall regardless that make the changes. One of my favourite wordsmiths once said, "'I used to think I was alone.' and the only one experiencing these things. But now I know I am one of many and there's an army marching behind me. That's how I feel all these years on. The enormity of feeling alone was lifted from me and at first it was just my voice, searching for others, seeking people out who knew what I knew. Then there were a few of us, banded together, making a small change. Now we're on a marching Path, we're an army, we're marching together, understanding, powering, trying to help each other. One day we'll be a legion and all our voices will be heard. A large, black, muscular creature, never more old, 2010, and this witness report comes from October, um, of 2010. My daughter and her boyfriend were out one evening. My daughter was outside the car and he, the boyfriend, was looking into the field behind her. They were parked on Nethermoor Road chatting when her boyfriend told her to get back in the car quickly. They both saw a large, black, muscular creature weaving all over the field as if it was chasing a rabbit. It was an all fours and at all times and it was just moving fluidly and quickly chasing its prey. When they got home, they were really shaken up, and they didn't know if it was a big cat or something else. Again, we hear of this strange figure, this kind of, if it's up tall and on six foot and got like a dog's head, this old station, this typical werewolf look, and then we hear of them crouching, or being hunched over in position. And also this belly crawling. And even when you see it, it's just not quite there. This report kind of sums it up. An angler sees an unusual creature. And it's two gents you saw a dog walking upright on two legs in the 1990s. Um, I was told this account by two of my friends who were fishing on a place behind the Raven pub in Glaysbury, the witness says. We call it the Moss, and it's a good pond... Decent fishing, which a really good fishing spot, and this was around twenty three twenty five years ago. now, both my friends were there, trying to look, and they would fished for most of the day and they were just packing up the gear to go home and As we packed it, they loaded up the gear on the backs, and they started to walk down the track. It was around nine thirty p m at night as they were walking through the thick grass and shrubs, they heard a noise which startled them both, so they turned around and they saw this huge dog-like thing standing there. Now, bearing in mind these were two Andy lads and what I would call rum lads and they weren't phased by much but the incident really shook them both up. This dog was standing upright like a human and two legs. They both said it had bloodshot red eyes and it started to walk towards them. At this, they both turned and ran in the direction of home, not looking back till they reached the road. And as they finally looked back, the thing was gone. They both said it was huge. And since then, none of us have ever fished there again. Now in our next report, we visit an area in England that's known for the witchcraft killings at Meon Hill. A gentleman was killed and he was also saw sort a of shock when he was much younger on the same road, close to the area of the next report. And as night fell, on the 14th of February 1945, the corpse of an elderly local man, Charles Walton, was found on the eastern slope of Meon Hill. Three crushing blows had been delivered to his chest with a billhook, each blow breaking a number of rigs and a third blow, the weapon, had been left embedded in Walton's trachea. A pitchfork had been jammed through Walton's neck as he lay on the ground, and this was with such force it later required two men to pull the tines from the earth. Walton had also been beaten about the head with his own walking stick, which was found massively with blood and hair, a few yards away from the body. The killer had ripped open Walton's shirt, and carved the shape of a cross onto the man's chest, and it was said that Walton's face was a mask of horror and anguish. Now, Scotland Yard got in on the case, and Detective Fabian of Scotland Yard was the head officer on the murder inquiry. Learning that in his younger days, the victim, Charles Walton, had seen one of the phantom dogs known in the area as Shucks, Detective Fabian set off for me on Hill. Fabian was walking the slopes of Hill when a large black dog ran by him and vanished into the twilight. A minute later, Fabian saw one of the local children walking towards him and he said, lad, are you looking for your dog? And the kid said, what dog? A big black one. It ran off the other way, Fabian told him. He said the lad turned as white as a sheet and bolted off in the gloom, leaving him there nonplussed. The day after Fabian met the black dog on Main Hill, a black dog was found hanged from a tree at the murder site. A few days after this, a police car ran over and killed yet another black dog just outside of the village. Attempts to trace the owners of all these dogs failed and the case was never sold. And quite close to it, in 1991, we have um, a statement from a witness uh, she said I had a strange encounter once I was out walking the dog and I was just strolling along the fields and lanes when this large animal decided it was coming to see me well I should say that's how it felt to me at the time we'd just been standing there looking at each other from afar for some time and my dogs had run on ahead and as this thing loped towards me I was suddenly afraid because I couldn't identify it I wanted to back up so I called my dogs who came running. And my dogs are just two-fold small fox terriers. But there were enough that this animal changed direction and ran off, thankfully. Now, I don't know what animal it was that I saw. I couldn't place it. It almost resembled a rather large ginger dog. As I was walking, it felt like I was being observed from the tree line. I kept looking around trying to spot whatever was making me feel this way. Afterwards, I realised it was watching me from a couple of fields away. This was when I sensed I was being watched and I stood for some time looking for the watcher. I stood there quietly until finally I saw this gingery head above the long grass and I sensed it knew that I'd seen it. I couldn't think what it was and we just stared at each other for some time, sort of communing until it decided to lope towards me. As it approached, of course, I suddenly realised how big it was and that's when I decided I'd like to take myself to a safer environment when it finally got to me. It was when it saw my dogs, it just veered off and changed course. I felt it had trusted me and I'd let it down, to be honest. I still can't identify what sort of animal it was. She said, there's a lot of talk of a black panther and what I saw definitely wasn't blank, black, But there's one account of a Sandy Brown animal thought to be a lynx, which might fit the bill. I would hazard a guess it was about 1991 when I saw this strange creature. It sends a chill down my back that I walk my dogs around there most days and never saw another soul. I particularly liked it when it was misty and boy, does it get misty there. My feeling was it wasn't a cat. It looked more like a very big dog. It was just a thing. It's strange that a wild animal would come to me, even that it would come out of cover to get close to me and be scared by my two dogs. That's just not how animals react. This thing never rose up or anything. It stayed on all fours at all time. So as autumn draws in and the nights get colder, keep a close eye on the embankments as you walk or as you drive along the roads. Is that a shadow or something crouching there? just waiting to make eye contact or chase you from the woods? What if it suddenly walks in front of your car as you travel or stalks you through the trees, whether down on four legs or up on two? A hairy seven-foot creature with canine teeth and huge muscle frame is not something I want to experience. I think you may agree with me. Well, um, I don't think you'd want to... You know, well, I suppose some of you would really deposit, spend, on your point of view. So I'll ask you this question, because I'm often asked it. If you came face to face with this creature, would you feel fortunate and um, you were in the right place at the right time? Or are you the unfortunate victim of circumstance? I'll leave that for you to decide. If you would like to read the book when it's published, or the first book in the series, there is a link to my author page in the description. Or you just use the email in the link below. And if you wish to hear more encounters like these, I will be back next week with a new episode. So please hit like or share. And check out the links in the description below. Donate and help us in fund investigations. Um, or check out our Patreon and podcast sites. I hope you enjoyed tonight. Um, and it's storming here in Lancashire, actually. It's quite a bad night. So I'm going to curl up now with a good book, I think. And um, I'll see you all next week.